If you have your Bibles, turn to Mark chapter 2, and don't, don't worry about anybody at this altar. Hey, these, these altars are open 24-7. I'm glad there's not a time limit on the Lord. He'll meet us when, where, whenever we need him. He'll be there for us. Amen. And we want, it, we want everybody always to be welcome at the altar. Say amen. So, so anytime somebody's at the altar, it's a, it's a good thing. It's a good thing. It's not going to slow me up none a bit. You just, just let them get what they need. And all God's people said. Mark chapter number 2. We stopped, I think, in verse number 12. We stopped in verse number 12 last time. Uh, Jesus, Jesus has been doing some scandalous things. Scandalous things. And now, it, it, only scandalous to the religious crowd. To the religious crowd. And, and it, did, you, did you notice that I didn't say the godly crowd? Now, you can be, you can be religious and not be godly. Let me say that again. You can be religious and not be godly. There's a, there were religious people that flew planes into a tower. There are religious people who strap themselves with bombs and go and kill innocent people. You can be religious and not be godly, and that's what we're seeing. We're seeing the scribes and the Pharisees, the religious crowd of Israel, the people who had really created their own religion that went beyond what God said and what God wanted. And Jesus come to this earth, and he is shaking it up. He is tearing apart what they have made in their own tradition. And the first thing he does, he, he, he touches a leper. I mean, what sane human being will go and touch a leper? I tell you, a healer. One who loves that leper. Not only did he touch him, he healed him completely. And then, then he was in a house and he was minding his own business, teaching his lesson, teaching his sermon, preaching the word unto them. And somebody tears out the roof and lowers a guy down. And this is what he says. Your sins have been forgiven you. Now, what in the world? And now, it's one thing that you touch a leper. But now you're talking about forgiving people. Who do you think you are, God? I mean, he's just, he's just getting animosity is on the rise. Now he's done gone and done it, y'all. Let's see. And, and by the way, by the way, if you're here today and you're perfect, you're probably not going to get much out of today. But if you're here and you got issues and, and, and you, 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 you failed in your life before and you haven't been perfect, today is your day. Today is your day. You're going to appreciate the Lord today. And all God's people say it. Let's read just a couple verses and then I'll, I'll let you sit down. Look what it says in, in Mark chapter number 2. Mark chapter number 2 and verse number, uh, let's see, verse number 13. Are you there? Say amen. And he went forth again by the seaside and all the multitude resorted unto him and he taught them. And as he passed by, he saw Levi, the son of Alphaeus. Now, this is Matthew, by the way. He's called Levi, but he's also called Matthew, which means gift of God. So this is the Matthew that wrote the book of Matthew, one of his disciples. If you're with me, say amen. But before he was a disciple, he was a tax collector, sitting at the receipt of custom, and he said unto him, say it with me, 
follow me. And he arose and followed him. Now, now, well, let's keep, just keep reading. Let me hurry. And it came to pass that as Jesus sat at meat in his house, Matthew's house, many publicans and sinners sat also together with Jesus and his disciples. And for there were many, and they followed him. And when the scribes and Pharisees, that's that religious group, saw him eat with publicans and sinners, they said unto his disciples, how is it that he eateth and drinketh with publicans and sinners? Well, Jesus heard it. And Jesus responds. He saith unto them, They that are whole have no need of the physician, but they that are I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you for this great crowd. Thank you for our family out there at Fairview. Lord, thank you for all that are watching online. I pray, God, that you will speak to our hearts today. Lord, I pray that you will encourage us. I pray for the, 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 the dirtiest, low-downedest sinner in this room will understand that they have a God who loves them. And, Lord, I pray for the one who, who is self-righteous and thinks they're better than everybody else, but they ain't no better than that low-down sinner. Let them see the need that they have also. And God will praise you and thank you for all that you do. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people say it. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Several years ago, <clears throat> several years ago, uh, I, I was I was with uh, some gentlemen, uh, and and we were in the the Bethel uh, over there, Bull City Bethel, uh, two seventy eight uh, Chevron or X. I don't remember. Mark was that Chevron, whatever that gas station is right there. And they used to have little booths in there, and they may still do, I don't know, but, and, and, and they would serve biscuits and coffee. Well, I was in there with some folks, and we was going coon hunting. And, and the folks I was with, uh, they was, they was, uh, uh, they wasn't, they, 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 they wasn't Sunday school children. <laughs> Are y'all with me? They, they was a little rough, and they, they had issues, and uh, had a reputation, and, and so I'm sitting right in the middle of them, and, and we're fixing to go. We was enjoying a soft drink, waiting on it to get dark, and, and we was going to go coon hunting, and, 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 and we was conversating. And, and a lady that worked in there, she come walking by, kind of kind of a little, little smart aleck, and, 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 and she, said, she said something off color uh, that was really not appropriate. And one of them fellas said, hey, 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 it's the preacher sitting right here. Watch your mouth. And this is what she said. I'll never forget it. This is exactly what she said. She said, well, what is he doing sitting with y'all? <laughs> well, that didn't sit real good with me. And I turned around and I said, ma'am, who in the world do you think needs a preacher more? <laughs> and she said, huh, and turned around and walked off. You know, that's almost exactly the same thing that we see right here. We, we see Jesus is really, he is really upsetting the status quo. He is upsetting religious people. You see, these Pharisees, now, now let, me, let me just clarify something. I don't want to run a rabbit or nothing, but I need you to understand this. God called the nation of Israel 
not because they were good, not because they were a better nation than anybody else, not because there was anything. Matter of fact, they was the smallest and least and, and most insignificant, but God picked them. And he picked them to be a witness to him. In other words, he picked this nation out of all the nation. He said, here's what I want you to do. I want you to point everybody else to me. But you know what happened? Because of their religion, because of tradition, this is what they did. Instead of pointing everybody to the real God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of heaven, the creator of this universe, they used a religion to isolate themselves from people and keep people away from God. That's human nature, isn't it? You get, you get so self-righteous, you, get, you start following all the rules and, and you start doing everything you, you think you're supposed to do so you're, so you're a good person and what happens is your human nature takes over and you start thinking you're better than other people. And when other people don't live up to your standards or live up to your preferences or live up to your opinions, and, and, and then they're not righteous like you. And that's what happened. Well, Jesus just comes to uh, totally obliterate that form of thinking. And so what he does in this chapter, so far up to date, has been the most scandalous thing that could ever happen. And let me explain why. Let me explain why. We see he has been healing. Y'all know he's back in Capernaum, Capernaum, if if you're from Israel there. He is, he is uh, there ministering. He's there serving. He heals this lame man. Poor old Peter's got to get a roof job now. Say amen. <laughs> got to fix his roof. They tore off his roof. And, and now he's going by the seaside. He's going by the Sea of Galilee where there is a lot of industrious business. The fishing uh, industry is huge. Uh, this, this place is right on a, a trade route, so it is very, very busy. And he comes across a tax collector. He comes across a tax booth, if you will. And first of all, if you're taking notes, let's just follow notes so I don't run no rabbits. First of all, I want you to see the call of the sinner. The call of the sinner. Look what it says. Jesus is walking. He's been teaching. And he stops and it says in verse number, let's go back to verse number 14. And as he passed by, He saw Levi, the son of Alphaeus, sitting at the receipt of custom. Now, let me talk about, let me give you a little background information on tax collectors, okay? Uh, Just just, just, just hold tight. Let me read this, and you'll understand why they're hated so bad. A man who served occupying Rome against his own people as a tax collector was considered a traitor. You see, nationals of a country or province occupied by Rome could buy franchises that entire, can you imagine a tax booth that was a franchise? You could, whoever put in the highest bid to Rome would earn or win the franchise and they could begin to collect taxes. A franchise uh, would be entitled them to levy certain taxes on the populace and on travelers. A franchise required collecting a specified amount of taxes for Rome and then allowed anything collected beyond that figure to be kept uh, as personal profit. 
Because this power of taxation was virtually unlimited and was enforced by the Roman military, the owner of a tax franchise, in effect, had a license for extortion. Man, that sounds familiar. Anyway, for those reasons, the publican were understandably considered traitors by their own people and were usually even more despised than Roman officials or soldiers. The noted Jewish scholar Albert uh, Eidersheim, this is what he said about him. He said that Jewish publicans was barred from the synagogue. They wasn't even allowed to go in the synagogue and worship. They were forbidden to have any religious or social contact with his fellow Jews. He was ranked with unclean animals. The, the religious Jews considered them as nothing better than pigs because he was held to be a traitor, a liar. He was ranked with robbers, murderers, and was forbidden to give testimony in any Jewish court. Preacher, what are you saying? Jesus is serving, Jesus is ministering, Jesus is blessing, and he's fixing to choose his disciples, and he went to the biggest sinner in the, in the county. He went to an outcast. He went to someone who is hated, someone that was despised. Now, now any, any, any self-respecting rabbi if they were collecting if they were collecting students and they were collecting followers to follow them they looked out for the best of the best they looked out for the 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 most religious of the religious paul himself said i was a pharisee of the pharisees but not jesus not jesus i know i know the military is looking for a few good men but jesus is looking for a few good losers and he comes to Matthew. Can you imagine? Can you imagine Matthew's shock? He is hated. They wouldn't spit on him if he was on fire. None of his family would have anything to do with him. All he cares about is money. He's a traitor to his own people. He's a traitor to his own country. No, he can't even go into synagogue. He can't worship. He can't have anything. So in Matthew's mind, he's doomed to hell because of the choices that he's made. And now, here comes that rabbi that's healing everybody. Here comes the man who Nicodemus says, we know that thou art a teacher come from God because no man can do these miracles that thou doest unless God is with him. And here comes Jesus. Jesus looks at Matthew and he says, everybody say it. Follow me. Listen, I want you to write these two things down real quickly. We'll, we'll hurry. First of all, I want you to see the reason for the call. The reason for the call. Did Matthew deserve it? Come on. Had he earned it? Was he a good guy? Say, preacher, what was the reason for the call? One Single word, grace. Say it with me. Grace. Say it again. Grace. You know what grace is? Unmerited favor. Unmerited. 
If you're not familiar with that word, it means you didn't do a blessed thing to deserve it. For by grace, hallelujah. For by grace are you saved through faith. That not of yourself is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. There is a reason that John Newton pinned down the words, amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved an old wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. If you're here today and you're perfect, you don't understand that. But if you're here today and you've been broken and you have failed in your life and you have messed up in your life and you have done things that you know is ungodly in your life, that word means a whole lot. Listen, unmerited favor. Matthew didn't deserve it. Matthew didn't earn it. Matthew didn't need to do any. It was simply the favor of God upon this sinner. It's grace. You can't earn it. I've heard people say, well, I tell you, I just believe that I get to heaven, God's going to put my, my works on a balance, and, and if my good works outweigh my bad works, I'm going to, honey, there ain't enough work on this planet for you to get in. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The only thing that could get you in is perfection. And I hate to tell you, but you have fallen. The only way we're going to get in is by amazing grace. The reason for the call. Then then write this down. This This is good right here. The result or the response to the call. The response to the call. Two things I want, I, I just, this just popped out at me. <clears throat> and and, <clears throat> and it, doesn't, it doesn't give it as clear in Mark. So I went over to Brother Luke and seen what he said about it. And this is what he said about that same situation. In Luke 5, 27, it says, And after these things he went forth and saw a publican named Levi sitting at the receipt of customs, and he said unto him, Follow me. Now watch what Luke says about it. And he left all and rose up and followed Jesus. Now, let me tell you the significance of that. Matthew just walked away from everything. Because he knew if he left that booth, he would never get it again. But Jesus was more precious than that booth. He walked away from his ability to make a living. He walked away from his wealth. He walked away from his riches. He left it. And by the way, if you're going to follow Jesus, you're not going to be able to do it carrying luggage. You can't follow Jesus and your plans too. Jesus, I want to follow you, but I got, some to, I got some plans of my own. It don't work that way. You say, preacher, what was the response to the call? He left. Say it with me. He, he left. Then, then write this down. He not only left, he started looking. Write that down. That's important. That's important because some of y'all have been saved a long time. You've forgotten this part. I got to remind you. Some of y'all have been saved a long time. You've, been, you've inherited the disease called Christianese. And Christianese causes you to only hang out with other Christians. You see, the longer you've been saved, the more you hang out with people that are just like you. Are y'all with me? 
people that go to church, people to hang out. And that's a good thing. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not saying that's not a good thing. That's a good thing. Your closest and best friends need to be God's people. But the problem is that we get so disconnected from the world we came out of that we leave them behind. Now watch what's the first thing Matthew did. Watch what the first thing Matthew did. The Bible says when he left Jesus, or excuse me, left that, that booth to follow Jesus, the first thing he did was put on a humongous feast. He threw a party and invited all of his publicans and sinner friends so they could meet Jesus too. What are we getting out of that? How many publicans and sinners are you hanging out with? Or you like the woman at the gas station, you got an attitude because I'm hanging out with them. I'm going to say this. I'm always getting in trouble anyways. I'm going to just say it. I remember the first time I went to Coleman Coon Club. I didn't have a dog. I didn't have land. I didn't have nothing, but I knowed I'd want to go coon hunting. I wanted to go bad. I didn't know anybody. Somebody told me there's a little, a little cabin made over uh, uh, by the covered bridge in the Bethel area. If you stop there, they, they coon hunt all the time. Club night was on Tuesday night. So I showed up. I showed up, didn't know a soul. Walked in there, which is a miracle for me because people scare me. I mean, I just get nervous with people. And I walked in there, and I seen a couch over there to the right, and it had Coon Dog magazine. So I sat on that couch and held a Coon Dog magazine, and, and like I was reading it, hoping somebody would say, you want to go Coon hunting? <laughs> Nobody said a word. People came and went and went Coon hunting with the other buddies that they had, and another said a word. At the end of the night, people started leaving, so I got them left. Nobody said nothing to me. I didn't say nothing to them. Next Tuesday night, same thing. Same couch, same magazine, same scenario. They didn't say nothing to me. I didn't say nothing to them. I went home. About that, about that fourth or fifth night, one of them said, that's the preacher over there. I heard it. And I'm like, ooh. Still nothing happened. A few nights later, one of them, one of, Bruce, are you in this first service? Bruce Harris, is he in here anywhere? Hey, there he is. It was Fat Rat. It was Bruce's brother. He looked over at me and said, you want to go hunting? I said, yes, sir. Had no idea who was. He could have been a serial killer for all I knew. <laughs> I had no idea who he was. Not one idea, but I did realize later on that he, he had a racket because he was like a big fella and he couldn't go to the tree, so he invited little fellas to go to the tree for him. <laughs> so basically, anyways, I didn't care. I didn't care because I got to go coon hunting. But here's what I want to tell you. When I first started going, Brother John, they used words that I had to look up when I got home. I'm talking about it was, it was, now I don't suggest this for baby Christians. I don't suggest this at all for baby Christians, not whatsoever. But I went in there and I'm telling you, when I got home, I had to take three showers before I went to bed to get all the yeah. stuff off of me. 
They didn't say nothing to me as far as religious things or church things, and I didn't preach it then. I accepted them for who they were, and I lived a life in front of them. And I tried to be what I needed to be in a good example in front of them. A little later on, we was in Fat Rat's house. Uh, Phil, y'all, he's in the second service. He was in there. There were several, about seven or eight in there. And they was all jawing and talking about stuff and talking about, you know, because there was other preachers at Coon Hunter too that was crooked. Y'all ain't going to believe this, but there's some crooked preachers around here. <laughs> and one of them looked at me and said, Preacher, what do you think? Oh, ho, 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 ho. <laughs> I had been waiting six months for this moment. And I'm t- I said, you really want to know? They said, yes, sir. I'm here to tell you I started from Genesis in the beginning. God created the heavens and the earth, and I didn't finish till I was spurring the white horse in Revelation. <laughs> I preached everything white, red, hot. They was going out windows and outdoors and everything else. But you know what? Brucey, can you stand up so they can see you? Brucey saved and in the house of God today because the old preacher wanted to go coon hunting, hung out with people. And I could tell you name after name after name after name after name that's gotten saved. Now, Brucey, did I exaggerate anything in that story? Not one thing. You know what? (laughs) Them guys knew I loved them. There was one in particular that was mean as a rattlesnake. He's in heaven now. But people would try to witness to him, he'd cuss them out. He, he would never do that to me because he knew I loved him. And I would witness it to him. He'd just kind of put me off. But right before he died, he got saved. I had the opportunity and the privilege to baptize him. Listen, are you looking for publicans and sinners? There's too many churches looking for good people. We're not supposed to be looking for good people. We're supposed to be looking for bad people. And let me, get, let me help you with this. There's no such thing as good people. For there is none righteous, no, not one. But Matthew had a heart for his publican and sinner friends. And the very first thing he did when he began to follow Jesus is he wanted other people to meet Jesus too. Are y'all with me? We have got to quit being so isolated. We have got to quit cutting ourselves off from that world out there. We've got to start reaching them. There's too many churches that are swapping members back and forth. It's not about swapping members. It's about seeking the lost that are, un, listen, they're unsaved and they're on their way to hell. Are y'all with me say amen? Listen, the call, the call of the sinner resulted in a forgiven sinner looking for other sinners that needed forgiveness. Are y'all with me say amen? Then number two, number two. Let me say this. I, I'll hurry He was looking for his friends to meet Jesus too. He put on a big feast and Jesus obliged them. And he sat right in the middle of them. But just like, and it's no different today. 
Verse 16, we see the call of the sinner. But then verse 16 says, And when the scribes and the Pharisees saw him eat with publicans and sinners, they said unto his disciples, How is it that he eateth and drinketh with publicans and sinners? We see number two, the criticism of the self-righteous. The criticism of the self-righteous. They criticize his associations. What's he doing hanging out with them? I've experienced that. They've criticized his actions. I've experienced that. Look at some of the, look at some of the other critiques of the Lord and his ministry on earth. In Luke 19, in Luke 19, we find Jesus coming into Jericho. And it says, when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him. Zacchaeus was a, a chief tax collector. A chief. In other words, he would have been over Matthew. And the Bible says that he was a little short fella, so he couldn't see over the crowd, so he ran ahead down the path, and he climbed up into a sycamore. Y'all know the song. Amen. Zacchaeus was a wee little man, a wee little man. Yeah, we know. And Jesus gets to that tree, and he looks at Zacchaeus and said, Hey, you got to get down, for today I must abide at thy house. Oh, man. Can you imagine Zacchaeus? He made haste and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all what? Murmured. That attitude. Saying that he was gone to be a guest with a man that is a Here's another critique. Luke 7, 33. For John the Baptist came neither eating bread nor drinking wine, and ye say he hath a devil. The Son of Man has come eating and drinking, and ye say, Behold, a gluttonous man and a wine bibber. Watch this. A friend of publicans and sinners. What a what? Mm. I don't know about y'all, but I'm glad he's a friend of publicans and sinners. Look here. Look here. Luke 15, 1, then drew near unto him all the publicans and sinners for to hear him. And the Pharisees and scribes murmured, saying, this man receiveth sinners, and he eateth with them. What's he doing hanging out with them? If he was as righteous as he says he is, he wouldn't be hanging out with them. Oh, really? I heard, a, I heard a criticism one time. <clears throat> I heard a criticism one time. Somebody was telling somebody else about Temple and some people that was coming into Temple. Said he was driving by Temple and saw some folks walking into Temple. And this is what it said, exact words. Did, did you see the riffraff going up in there? The riffraff. And I thought, yeah, that's who we're after. We're the riffraff Baptist church. We're after riff and raff if they get them both. This is the God's truth. This is the God's truth. There was a family went to another church in town. And that pastor said, you would probably feel more comfortable at Temple. Yeah. 
their, their daughters didn't really look like Sunday school children, if you know what I mean. They didn't like they was going to church. But I met them in the first time at Tender Area, and they told me that. I didn't believe it. I said, there ain't no way a pastor sent somebody else to another church because they didn't look religious enough for it. I seen that same guy, same pastor in Lowe's. He walked up to me and he said, hey, did a certain family come over there? I sent them, man. I could feel the blood coming up into my earlobes. And when my earlobes started thumping, I'm going to tell you, if I'd have been a deacon, I'd have popped him right in the mouth. <laughs> you know, pastors can't get away with that. <laughs> Not a brawler, amen. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. Say, what did you say? I said, send everybody you can. Send everybody you can. Just bring them on, bring them on, bring them on. I went to another church. Why am I venting? Let me just tell it all, brother. Tell it all. <laughs> I had another pastor close that invited me to come. He wanted, to, wanted me to help him and, 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 and give him some advice to help grow his church. And, and I, was, I was going. He was showing me everything in the church. And he showed me a, he showed me a, a, a y'all know an old-time church where you got Sunday school bulletin things you have the regular attendance and the Sunday school attendance and all. if you grew up like I did they was in there all of them we got into the main building main auditorium and I'm looking and I'm just staring at it because it was like 90 97 97 in Sunday school and like 101 in church and I was just looking at that and he saw it and, and saw me he thought I was admiring that and he said, boy, that's a great average, isn't it? We got almost our whole church coming to Sunday school. I said, that's terrible. He, that's what he did. <laughs> Same response right there. He said, what do you mean that's terrible? I said, that's terrible. Because if you have 97 in Sunday school and you only have 101 in church, that means all them ones coming to Sunday school ain't bringing nobody to Jesus. Because sinners don't come to Sunday school. Are we seeking sinners? We're not here to build a religious army. We're not here to see how super spiritual we can be. We're not here to be holier than thou and look down on everybody else. We're here to remember that we were riff and we were raff. We were the same thing. And if it wasn't for the grace of God, we'd still be in the same place they are. If not for grace. If not for grace. Listen, you say, what, is, what are they going to say about us? Who cares? I know there's a country song about this, but let's give them something to talk about. <clears throat> Say amen. amen. Number three. Number three. If you ain't mad by now, you're fixing to be. <laughs> what was number one? Say it with me. Number one. 
The call. How many of y'all glad that God called you? And it was just grace. You didn't earn it. You didn't deserve it. He just loved you. The call of the sinner. Number two, we see the the criticism of the self-righteous. Number three, Jesus has got something to say. Jesus has got something to say. We see in verse number 17, when Jesus heard it. And by the way, when you go home today on your ride home talking about me, <laughs> Jesus is going to hear it. Just a FYI. This is what he said. They that are whole have no need of the physician, but they that are sick. I came not to call the righteous, but say it with me, sinners. sinners to repentance. Let me give you two things right here. I got three minutes to give you, just get you all mad. I want you to see the truth that's revealed in his statement. The Bible says in Luke 19.10, For the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. Paul is telling Timothy, man, Paul is getting, getting all emotional, and he's remembering the day that Jesus saved him. He's remembering the day that he was on his way to arrest more Christians and to cause more damage to the church. And Jesus stopped him in his tracks and saved his old wretched soul, not because he earned it, not because he deserved it, because of grace. And this is what Paul tells Timothy. He said, this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. He said, how be it for this cause I obtain mercy that in me first Jesus Christ might show forth all longsuffering for a, for a pattern to them which should hereafter believe on him to life everlasting. What is he saying? Paul is saying, God saved me as wretched as I was, as wicked as I was, as sinful as I was. I was a cheap to sinners, but God saved me to show everybody else if he can save me, he can save anybody. What is this all about? It's about sinners. What is church all about? It's not so a bunch of self-righteous people can throw their nose up in the air and think they're better than everybody else. It's a hospital for the hurting. It's a place for the broken. It's a place so people can come knowing who they were and thankful for where they're going. Dr. E.V. Hill said his father told him, when he, was, when he was graduating high school, he said, son, I want you to go get an education so nobody will look down on you. And he said, then I want you to go get some more so you won't look down on nobody. And boy, I'm going to tell you, there's a lot of so-called Christians running around with their nose up in the air thanking God that they ain't like the sinner. God help you. How about... Did we not see Jesus said that there was a Pharisee in the temple who was praying and said, God, I thank thee that I'm not like even this publican. Yeah. There's a lot of them around. 
They may not voice it. They may not word it just like that, but they think that they are better than other people. Self-righteous. Now, here's the tragedy, and I'll finish with this. The truth is this. Jesus came for broken people. Jesus came for sinners. And if you're a sinner, you ought to be thankful right there. But here's the tragedy. Here's the tragedy. He said this. Look what he says. They that are whole have no need of the physician, but they that are, I came not to call the, but sinners to repentance. He said, what's, what's so tragic about that? Because the Pharisees thought they were righteous, they didn't think they had any need for a Savior. They didn't think they were sick. They didn't think they had a problem. They didn't think they were in need of a Savior because they were God's people. Let me, let me show you. Let me show you. Stay with me now. Don't lose me. I know I'm in the Bible Belt. Everybody in the Bible Belt thinks they're saved. Watch this. John 9, 39. Jesus said, For judgment I am coming to this world, that they which see not might see, and that they which see might be made blind. Those, when he's saying those that see, he's talking about those that don't think they need him. Those religious scribes and Pharisees who thought they were good. This is what he says. And some of the Pharisees which were with him, they knew what he was saying. They heard these words said unto him, are we blind also? Watch what Jesus says. Jesus said unto them, if ye were blind, ye should have no sin. But now, watch, now ye say we see. Therefore, say with me, your sin, because you say you're okay. Because you say that you can see. Because you say that you're righteous. Proverbs 26, 12 says, Seest thou a man wise in his own conceit? There's more hope of a fool than of him. There's so many people like this man in Luke 18. Two men went up into the temple to pray. The one a Pharisee and the other a publican. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank thee that I am not as other men are extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this. I fast twice in the week. I give tithes of all that I possess. Man, he was just listing all of his good deeds. But watch what the Bible says about the publican. The publican standing afar off would not lift up so much as his eyes into heaven, but smote upon his breast saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. This is what Jesus says. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For every one that exalted himself shall be abased, and he that humble himself shall be exhausted. Exalted. Read that line. Read that bottom line for me, and we'll finish right here. Let's all say it real loud. Fairview, you help me over there. Let's all say it in unison. Say it real loud so I can hear you through the camera. Here we go. You cannot get saved until you first get lost. 
If you've ever used these words, I've always been a Christian, then you're missing it. If you say, I was born a Christian, the only way you can be that is to be reborn a Christian. There's no such thing as always being a Christian because you cannot become a Christian and you cannot become saved until you first admit and realize you are. Look at me, everybody. Y'all wrapping up and everything. Ain't even paying attention. Look at me. This is the most important part. You knock on any door in the South in the Bible Belt and you ask them, are you a Christian? 98.5% of them will say yes. Hadn't been to church, hadn't cracked the Bible, hadn't done anything, they're not following Jesus whatsoever, but in their minds, they're a Christian. Because they think they inherit it from their papa. Well, I need everybody to understand this. Until you get lost, you cannot get saved. You see, the problem with the Pharisees here is that they were blind, but they thought they could see. And Jesus is saying, I didn't come for you because you don't think you need anything. I came for the one who knows they're broken. They know they're a sinner. They know they're in need. And I'm going to tell you this, if you're that person and you come to Christ, he will find you. But if you're here today and you think you're good enough, you think you've been, you've been everything you need, you're in sad shape because you can't get saved till you get lost. And the problem with the Sadducees, the Pharisees, and the scribes is they just couldn't get saved because they didn't think they were lost. All God's people saved.